Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where we go over the February 2023 Patch Tuesday release from Microsoft. The patches this month fix 75 vulnerabilities, including three that are actively exploited. In addition, Microsoft issued patches for four more Exchange server bugs. As always, we are joined by Sanam Narang of Tenable to go over the patches. But first, here's a quick reminder to subscribe to the podcast on, on iTunes, Google, and Spotify to hear from IT experts about making the right technology decisions for your organization. And now here's Satnam. So yeah, Satnam, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the Patch Tuesday podcast as always. Uh, do you have any funny jokes about Patch Tuesday falling on Valentine's Day? Um, no, I, I, I can't really come up with any funny jokes, unfortunately. Um, just because... I. Yeah, I'm not one of those people that's going to try to like make a infosec pun around Patch Tuesday and Valentine. Sorry, you won't get that from me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a coincidence, but uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's just another day for us. <laughs> right. All right, let's uh, let's dive into Patch Tuesday here. Um, well, let's get. To, I mean, I'll just kind of uh, go through. Um, some more notable ones here. Um, well, actually, I'll kick it to you first. Which, you know, where do you think we should start? Which garners, uh, or which should garner the most attention if you're uh, an IT admin in charge of uh, patching? Uh, yeah, Zach, I mean, Exchange Server, man. I mean, we we keep yeah. seeing stuff popping up around Exchange Server. I mean, granted, these were, you know, coordinated disclosures. These were not exploited in the wild prior to publication. Um you know, there, there's not a lot of details about them uh, at the moment, but, you know, we've been seeing this trend develop over the last few years of attackers of all walks of life, be it um, nation state threat actors, um, ransomware groups, basically taking advantage of a bunch of flaws in exchange server from proxy logon to proxy shell to uh, more recently last year, which was proxy not shell followed by the OWA SSRF and tab shell. So all these vulnerabilities intertwined and connected with Exchange Server gives us pause whenever we see new bugs that pop up in Exchange Server because what we're seeing is that there's still quite a few uh, you know, systems out there that are unpatched and still vulnerable to a lot of these known vulnerabilities. So really can't stress the point enough. I know it's difficult and we've talked about it before like you know taking down exchange servers is not like you know a walk in the park it does take time it's not something that uh you know is easy to do you know you have to coordinate all that and because businesses rely on you know email for communication it does present challenges but still we're we're going to continue to see these bugs not the ones that were published today specifically prioritizing those is a good idea because we don't know how these are going to potentially be used. I mean, right now, as of right now, we don't know there's any public proof of concepts available. I doubt it. I doubt that. But it may not be very long before we do see public proof of concepts become available. And when they do, we know that attackers will adopt them pretty quickly. And uh, because how valuable Exchange Server is for you know a number of different threat actors, be it the APT groups, uh, ransomware groups, really important to patch your Exchange Servers. Mm. Uh, could this be kind of um, fixing it, like kind of maybe an incomplete patch of Proxy Notchell since it took Microsoft, uh, what was it, a couple months to, to fix Proxy, proxy Notchell? 
Uh, I don't believe so. I mean, I know that it took some time to patch Proxy Not Shell. I, I still don't know why it took as long as it did, but as we, I feel like we've discussed already, you know, one of the challenges with that was in that process of patching, uh, addressing Proxy Not Shell, that, that, that time between disclosure of the vulnerabilities and the patch, Microsoft released some mitigations and if organizations had applied those mitigations uh, and did not patch their exchange servers, they were still vulnerable to another method to exploit that chain, which was called OWA SSRF, which right. was disclosed, um, I believe, in November slash December. So I don't know for sure because these vulnerabilities just came out today what their relation is to any of the past vulnerabilities. I just know that anytime these do pop up, it gives us pause. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I feel like we'll talk about exchange, uh, you know, every month for uh, for the foreseeable future here. Uh, let's move on to um, uh, Windows uh, CLFS uh, driver elevation of privilege vulnerability. Um, uh, I think, you know, like a lot, like a lot of people, this is um, kind of um, uh, important because it was disclosed by, was it the NSA? And, or oh, I'm sorry, this is similar to one that was disclosed by, by the NSA last year. Right, yeah, yeah. So we've definitely seen a trend uh, with CLFS or the common log file system driver being leveraged uh, in the past. Um, but this one, I believe, unlike the ones we've seen previously disclosed, those were not exploited in the wild prior to a patch being available. Those were mm. coordinated disclosures. Um, I feel like at least maybe one of them might have been actually, you know what, let me backtrack. Can we, can we restart this? Sorry. Uh, my phone started ringing for a moment. Okay, um, no kind of distracted me. Um, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. So the previous versions of, of the vulnerabilities that we've seen in, in CLFS uh, definitely has been a trend. You know, we've been seeing these patches come out over the last year and uh, yeah, I, I think it just kind of goes to show you that attackers are acutely aware that once they do get onto a system, they need to elevate privileges and they're trying to find different ways, whether it be through uh, ubiquitous things like uh, Prince Fooler or um, you know CLFS, which is a common uh, tool on Windows systems. Uh, you know, there's other ways that they do that, which I know we're going to talk about as well because they were also exploited. There was one in the Windows graphics component. So yeah, elevation of privilege bugs, I think by and large, when you hear about zero days and patch Tuesday, more often than not, you'll be seeing something related to an elevation of privilege vulnerability. And that's likely because a lot of the, you know, activity that we do see and that researchers are more, more privy to is uh, once attackers are on systems, how are they elevating privileges and what are their, their methodologies? And more often than not, um, the researchers who are discovering these are finding that they're exploiting these zero-day bugs in these specific components of Windows in order to elevate those privileges. Right. Um, yeah, so kind of a good segue into, into the um, Windows graphics uh, component elevation of privilege that you just mentioned. Um, and, and this was the other one exploited uh, in the wild as a zero-day this month. 
Yeah. So uh, on this one, I know that it was uh, credited to researchers over at Mandiant. And, mm. and like I said, obviously, if, if you do see a lot of zero days being exploited in the wild prior to patches becoming available, they're going to be used as part of some type of targeted attacks. Yeah. So while, you know, organizations shouldn't be as concerned about, you know, zero days hitting them directly, like before a patch becomes available, when patches are available and details do come out, if researchers disclose those details, provide any POCs, we will see them being leveraged by other attackers. And we know that ransomware groups are very much uh, at the forefront of like identifying these known vulnerabilities that do get patches, that do have public POCs. So it's the longer tail issue that I think that we have to deal with is that, yeah, we know that these bugs are being exploited in the wild as zero days, but what happens after patches are available? And that's, I think, one of the key issues we've been seeing over the last several years is that these bugs do provide tons of value. Right. And moving on to the the third, I believe it's the third uh, bug that was exploded in the wild this month is the Microsoft Office Security Feature Bypass. Uh, yeah, that was the third one that was uh, in Microsoft Office. And yeah, so one of the features in Microsoft Office is that, you know, you're uh, going to want to try to like limit how certain files are able to access macros. So there's a security feature for, you know, enabling macros. So mm -hmm. what this vulnerability does is that it bypasses that security functionality that's built into Office. And so, again, like the other two that we discussed already, these are vulnerabilities that require an attacker to already be authenticated to the system in some way. Um, so the one of the ways they could do this is that they could also trick a user into like opening a file through social engineering. So they don't actually have to gain access in order to exploit this. You know, this could be used as part of like sphere phishing or, you know, downloading something off the internet if they're trying to like torrent something uh, or access something off the internet and they download a file and this is able to be run on their machine, it'll then bypass the feature and it will be uh, giving them the ability to execute commands on the machine. And kind of um, moving sideways here into uh, to talk about the Microsoft Word uh, remote code execution bug. Um, for a very high CVSS, uh, can, you know, can you explain why this is, this is uh, you know, uh, so important? Yeah, so uh, I think in this case, uh, one of the, the key elements of this one is that, you know, while we don't know which specific component in Microsoft Word uh, is vulnerable, we do know that there's a feature called preview pane, which essentially means even if you just, not even if you open the file, if you just view the file, right. it'll allow this vulnerability to be exploited. And uh, again, this one also requires an attacker to uh, send an email to a vulnerable user with like a RTF or rich text format payload, which could then be exploited, like I said, just by viewing the file. So when we have these mm -hmm. preview pane vulnerabilities, those are pretty big because, you know, I know we tell users as part of our, you know, cybersecurity awareness, uh, don't open untrusted files from unknown sources. Uh, but right. even if you don't even open this email, oh, you're yeah. still at risk. And any other uh, patches this month that you think uh, you know we should we should talk about here? Um, yeah, I think really for me the key ones this month were the Exchange server bugs. I know that there's a ton of ton of vulnerabilities that get patched each month. This one was a uh, I think around 75 CVs patched this month, so a little bit lower. 
um, in terms of volume, but I still feel like exchange server is top of mind, especially for me, because, you know, we continue to see uh, a variety of attackers target exchange servers. And I feel like it, it, we even put out a blog post recently kind of highlighting that about patching your exchange servers now because mm. the continued exploitation of it. So that would be my uh, prioritization wise, what should be patched this month. Great. Um, very good. Uh, Sanam, uh, thanks as always. And we appreciate your time. Thanks, Zach.